I, uh, I read this the other day, some of it, and uh, we never know when uh, uh, everybody's here. But it's good stuff, and uh, it, it goes against the, uh, the major resistance that's, that's in the Christian church across the world. And right in here, it, there's always the thing, I've got to do something about my condition. And uh, while that can seem true because you're being tested and you're under God's uh, searchlight, I, I want to read this to you. I didn't say it, but I, I'm working to believe it with all my heart. And, and when you don't believe this, you're, uh, you're not a happy person. And you don't know the joy of God, and you don't grow. He says, uh, And the day in which we believe in the Lord Jesus, on the ground of the perfection of the work of his cross, we we receive perfection of salvation and enter into all that salvation uh, to its very last de degree. We shall never, though we were to live for centuries on this earth, we shall never in Christ be one little bit more perfect than we are in Him at the very moment we believe. All that is made good to us in the day that we believe. There are no questions, no hazards, no risks. The thing is settled. Now, there's always some concomitant things that come with that. Because I know, I know my condition and I don't like uh, all my thinking, all my operational stuff. But when, you, when we come to a place where we have that much confidence, we, we believe with everything within us that we're free and the, the, the overall torrential grace and mercy is there, it should touch us if we meditate on it at all. But for so long, there's this effort to kind of, uh, gotta do it, gotta do it, I can do it, I'm in, a, I'm in a problem. And we do have, there is a responsibility. But it's not the sin question. The sin question has been taken care of, period. The evidence is in, there's no death for you ahead. You've heard me say that. Jesus tasted death for everybody. And we should be thrilled about that. And we, you know, we just kind of, one of the things, please, you, you can treat me, uh, you know, like you want. But when visitors or others come in and they say something that's outstanding, it wouldn't hurt you to say amen or to encourage them. Because you look like maybe you need to take a long nap somewhere. But the issue is that God's goodness is not going to change. And you stay in the condition that you've been in, and I do, if I don't trust that and offer myself. 
And here's, here's the take home. Uh, I don't know who's preaching tonight. David's due. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and certainly, uh, Gabriel is always ready. He, okay, we're going to start this over with a prayer meeting for you. Uh, it's about relationship. And there wouldn't be this, well, we, there's just not a lot of love here. It wouldn't be there if we were, if we were understanding the degree and the greatness of God's love for us. I, I've taken five minutes over this. I'm not going to... I, 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 this must be the effort. Relationship. Because it's God's major intention that you know Him. You know, that you know Him. And that you have, that you're, you're, you're solid in that knowing. It says, and I'm, this is uh, not my stuff, so I hope you like it, but the tremendously important thing is for us to have that settled in our own hearts. We are saved, we are forgiven, we are delivered from condemnation. In Christ we are perfect. He is our perfection. And that perfection of His is ours through our trust, through our relationship with Him. And I've been negligent there. And I imagine that some of you here and there have too. You, you want to be the little engine that could. It's impossible. It's just impossible to pull this off yourself. The response on our part is the deal. He's already handed us everything we need. And God help us. But I want to finish with this. The people who have not grasped these things are disturbed people. We know that, and, and, and particularly if, if they've been saved, particularly if they've been born from above. They have not the fullness of joy. They're always afraid, anxious, worrying about their salvation, doubting. And the enemy plays many tricks with people who have not settled that once and for all. Dear God, bow your heads. Take a minute. Thank you, great God, for settling our souls when you do. Forgive us for our unbelief and our lack of trust when the evidence is in. And if we've been, if we suffer with you, we will reign with you. So thank you for these hours. Be with every heart that aches tonight. We thank you for the, the goodness and the overwhelming mercy that's coming at us continually. God, awaken us. Give us a, a sensibility that we've not known for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's go.
I think the uh, last service, uh, I, was, I think I was closing and I, I made a comment about a verse that's in John 1, I think. One twelve, I think. I didn't write it down, but as many, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. But as and and if you ever listen to uh, Dan Riccardelli, he he quotes this a lot. Um, but in verse twelve, John one, the Gospel of John. Uh, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. Uh, that's authority. Um, there's two words in the Bible. Well, maybe more than two, but in the New Testament, there's two words for power. One is the authority or the right or the privilege, uh, the jurisdiction. And the other one is the actual doing. Uh, but this one is the, act, the jurisdiction to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And when it says become, to become, and John Cheever has pointed this out in other places, it means really to uh, come into being. Um, and I think um, that is what is a, the, the tension of Right. of this relationship isn't um, the principles that we believe in or the things that we've agreed to. I don't believe the tension is necessarily over those things as much as the tension comes in the actual coming into being. Yeah. And there's some tremendous Bible verses that are encouraging uh, that you can read. Um, that God makes all things new. Um, you have put on the new man. I have a, a stack of notes. I was maybe going to discourage you and tell you I had all these notes tonight um, because they discourage me. Um, and I think I must have told you about the man that had eight pages before one of the conventions. He said, I have eight pages and and that's going to take me three hours and all that happened since then is God added six more pages to it <laughs> and I didn't even hear him speak I just was discouraged immediately when he said that but it says uh, he's put a new song in my mouth that's what David says in the Psalms he put a new song Revelation 14 says they sung as it were, a new song. Do you ever, does anybody fight the same old songs? I'm not talking about the Beatles or, you know, or if you're really Led Zeppelin or something evil. Um, I, I, I'm talking about a song that comes to those that are redeemed from the earth, that no one can learn that song. Um, it, uh, God had to put it in their mouth. Um, God says I'm declaring new things he said behold I will do a new thing um, anyway you can do your own Bible study and just a plug we're not having service on Saturday so if you want to do a little devotional by yourself we're not canceling that 
You put on the new man. Uh, he made it himself of the two, one new man. Uh, Romans 6, 4 says, walk in newness of life. And uh, so the tension is, is really over this new creation working every day. That's honestly, that's what we're after. And I think that's why we, um, I think that's why we're in trouble that we are. Because there's, there's something going on of a great deliverance service for every single one of us. And that is that you are being um, extricated from dependence on the strength of your own human soul. And my human soul and my human capacity to do right. or be. And <clears throat> there's, a, there's a great scripture that I, I remember from years and years ago. Uh, like I was, we were in Clarence before I even came up here. Uh, and I was in a particular war and, um, and I was fainting. <laughs> and uh, it's Proverbs 24.10. But it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Okay, so on the outside chance that you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And the truth is, you've got to read the Bible in the way that it is intended by the Spirit of God. And that is, the truth is, you will faint in every single day of adversity when you are relying on your own human strength. That's what the message is there in that verse. And, when, and you and I must find out that our strength is small. And that means God must bring us into something where our strength is unable to cope or bring about or come into being. Uh, and I will say the, the, the most depressing things that we have in the mo and I was listening to what uh, Brother Bill just read because some days I'm disturbed. And I wanted to say, yeah, I believe that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm never disturbed. But I had to be honest. I wanted to say, actually, all of us are disturbed sometimes. Okay, just once in a while for Bill, because he is really advanced. Just once in a while. Um, but God wants to make this real. But there is a struggle going on and this tension going on in our souls to not lean on, live by, uh, rely on, and several people have said it recently, you, I think Jeff said it, and I appreciated Jeff's yeah. devotion the other day, it was just so honest, and, and it was just perfect, came right from his heart, and, um, and he said, you must be connected to the right source, <laughs> and, and, um, and I think that really is the issue, because, you know, uh, the Bible also says you always triumph in Christ, you know, I, what, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? I always triumph in Christ. I, I have a series of non-triumphant days. And, um, and I, I just know one thing that God is, is um, wanting to bring you forth and me forth in reality that this new creation, this new life would actually come into being 
in our, our lives. I, and I, I hope we're not... I, if I could encourage you, can you not get adjusted to what is, the, what is old? Repetitive oldness is the most damning and depressing thing that happens in us. The most disturbing thing. And uh, the repetitive same kind of response to something. I have noticed how silly I can be. <clears throat> Excuse me. How silly I can be uh, that um, the same <laughs> the same things can uh, entrap me more than once. Uh, I mean, you know, like the guys do trapping here, and. Um, they usually put those traps on the paths that the animals take, right, Ben? Yep. Do you put a few leaves on them or something? And they put a scent, something that attracts, right? Yeah. I know a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Um, I'll never forget the day when I came around the corner on a hike with the PE crew crew and we found a coyote <laughs> trapped alive and kicking <laughs> I said oh okay kids well let's go this way <laughs> I called one of the guys you know um, anyway um, and I, I I don't like that um, I, I really think what God does is bring us in this Lord I need this newness I need this newness, and uh, I, I can't pull it off. I cannot pull it off. I can't be new. I, I know I'd like to be new, and as much as we preach all the things that we preach, uh, and sometimes in the heat of the day, in the heat of adversity, um, you find um, you, you still try to be new. You polish, I polish my forehead. Shine it up. I don't really, Betty. That was a joke. It's just teasing. Um, and, and I think, well, and even even if I don't have, I'm, I'm making a plan. Does anybody make plans how I'm going to do it next time? I won't. I won't do this. I won't do that. And, and the only effective thing that's ever occurred in my life is when I was disturbed enough to say, God, I, I can't pull this off. Lord, as a matter of fact, I, I don't want to prophesy this, but I might repeat the same exact response that I had last time. And the trap hasn't moved off the same path. And God must... You see, I don't think there's such an idiotic idea about offering ourselves, I believe, as though... I think in God's thought, it is a privilege that He's given us authority to become. 
I don't think he's saying, I have this arduous journey for you to embrace where it's all hell. I think he's saying, my God, I've given you the greatest escape that mankind has ever bumped into to get out of your humanity and come into newness of life. I think that's how God sees it. And before it's over, that is exactly how you and I are going to see it. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege. Thank you, Lord, for the jurisdiction. Thank you, Lord, for the authority that you brought me into. We, we say, well, you know, people have always had these proverbial idiot stories in Christianity about the guys on their deathbed that finally surrender. Has anybody considered the price that Jonah paid to backslide from God? Has anybody considered Lot's life? Okay, let's see. Let me see. Would it have been easier for Lot to yield or to just take his way like he did? And God says, just Lot, he says in the New Testament, vexed with the filthy, filthy conversation. I mean, do you and I understand what Lot went through in his life? Con consider that, I think. God has privileged us. Even though we have a soul that's tough and we, and we, we convince our way is right and all those things that come with our humanity, I believe the work that he's doing is getting us into the place where we wake up to the privilege it is to say, God, please cover me. <laughs> please cover me. Because I will be repetitive. In my whatever in my behavior and I, I I know God must make it so um, that you and I have got to walk through enough things and he every single one of us has this this course that we must walk this is this is actually putting your foot down in certain places that are totally totally uncomfortable for us because they're new. And uh, the great uh, promises in, in, you know, in Joshua 1, he says, every place the sole of your foot shall tread, I've given it to you. Do you know why you've got to walk through the difficulties in your life? Is because he wants you to, to come into the awareness that he is able to cause you to take a step in something that is totally foreign to the natural man. And he is able to perform that through you. And the greatest days and experiences that you and I have ever had is when you experience the, the strength of Christ, that man that humbles himself under the hand of the Father. And you see the Father come through by his spirit to conduct you to not respond in a way that historically you have a pattern. <clears throat> That, those are the great days. But those are not, you're not called to have single days that we point back to. 
I don't like pointing back to all the great things that happened, and I don't like pointing back to all the bad things that happened. I don't like pointing back to any of those things because what God is doing is, is uh, it, He wants me to put my foot down where He's taking me. I have a specific pathway, and everybody in this room has a specific pathway, and that's why it's so dumb to compare our pathways. Because I have a different nervous system than a lot of you. And my nervous system is very right. I can't, I can't believe the genius of God to have me live with other Christians. What a trick. I was tricked into it. In some anointed moment. Because he wanted me to see that you, your way, your thought patterns... Your reactions, though you consider them so highly, though you worship at the altar of those things, they aren't right. And others don't think this way. That was quite, that, that's been quite a shocking experience over the last 36 or 40 years, whatever it's been. Uh, for me to sit in a meeting and listen to what actual, actual words that come out of somebody's mouth that are so contrary to the way I think. And the initial response is, well, they just need to come around to the way I see it. And guess what? A lot of you have not come around. Because God is interested in me. Every place I put the sole of my foot that is new. It's not my humanity. It's new. It's a new creation. It's a newness of life. So that what comes out of my mouth, but even, even if it doesn't come out of your mouth, how about, how about the thoughts that you think? How about the Bible says something really incredible. The living word, it says, divides between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I mean, this is, it's, it's worse than you think. I appreciate saying nice things, but honestly, it goes deeper. And for every single one of us, we're on this journey, this walk, where God wants you to put the sole of your foot down so he can, it's yours. You understand, it's yours. You know where possession came? It wasn't, it didn't come in the, in the promise, though in God's heart it was done. It didn't come in the revelations that we've said amen to. It comes in the walk where I put my foot down so that he, I can continue to grow in trust that God actually will perform what he promised through me. I think in the, this walk, there is one lesson that's being learned. This is the big one. And the, it's, it, the passage in, in 1 John 2, I guess we could turn there. Because it says, verse 15, love not the world. Okay, amen. 
neither the things that are in the world. Amen. I should be hearing some amens. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Do <laughs> You know, if you're living in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, your life is not great. The great lie is that living that way is great. It's not great. I read a story about a billionaire whose life went in a spiral. And for whatever reason, I just, it was just a small paragraph. And it had a list of the internal problems he had. It had a list of all the medications that he was on. He ended up committing suicide. I think, I mean, um, you know, there wasn't anything in this world that he couldn't have. And I wonder if anybody notices, all of us in this room, do any of us notice that doing the same thing over and over related to my, our humanity, what comes out of this world. I wonder if any, any of us have noticed it doesn't deliver what it promised. And I'm not saying I'm, it's, it's a matter of discipline. It's a matter of desperation for another life to rule over me. It's a matter of this authority, this jurisdiction, this privilege of, that God has put in us to become. And so there's, a, there's one lesson, I think, uh, further on in 1 John 2. I believe this is the lesson that all of us are in school about. And that is verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He's promised us, even eternal life. That's newness. That's new life. It's a whole new creation. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. <laughs> Who are those people? I noticed that they're invisible people. I think sometimes we've been so silly about hearing God because um, we think it's hearing, hearing voices. Yeah. <laughs> and I just have to tell you, there's a lot of voices to hear. Um, people hear voices all the time, some more than others as we read in the news. Uh, and there are things going on to seduce you. That's what this world is about. Seducing us. Seducing us into something that robs us of the very privilege of God. It robs us. It doesn't work. That's the difference, right? That's the problem. It doesn't work. I heard somebody give someone counsel. I thought it was brilliant. This person was having a difficult time with doctrine and, 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 and so this other person was counseling. He says, look, don't, don't be divided over your doctrine. He said, I'll tell you what, you hold on to what you believe. Hold on to it. He said, and if it turns out as time goes on that the rest of us are all wrong, you teach us. Yeah. And he said, but if it turns out 
that's not really the way you see it, just, just repent and, but don't divide. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> but there are things to seduce you. I'm not, I don't mean, I mean all kinds of stuff. Work is seductive. <coughs> now to a lazy person, it's not. It's I'm just saying, we have an industrious bunch of people here. We do. We are, in, we are industrious. I, when I came home, I was tired. And not from my trip. I was tired being here. Because it was a whirlwind of activity. I mean, a whirlwind of activity. And you try to connect with certain guys. I try to, hey, Ben, how's it going? And, you know, he's got 87... You know, texts and phone, and, and you know, uh, what's going on at Interior, what's going on at DPS, what, how's the farming, I, I, you know, all, all of it. And, and then graduation and, and performances and, and, it, 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 and, you, and I'm thankful for all the servants in the house. I'm thankful for all the serving. But those things can be seductive too. And obviously we know about all the rest of the stuff that's obvious stuff that seduces, can seduce us. But this is what the lesson is. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And that's talking about Christ. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Now, little children, abide in him. When he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. The, the, the one lesson is to find that place of abiding in Christ. That's the one lesson. And, and he lets us fall on our face enough times where we say, God, I need to find it. I need to find that abiding place, that place where I am in the vine. I am abiding there. Lord, can you put a stopper on whatever needs a stopper? Yeah. I, was, I, was, I thought a lot. I don't want to be, you know, flippant. Because I don't know that much about this. But I was reading about marriage encounter. And I thought, well, I don't think I need any more marital encounters. But people go for away for a weekend, and they've helped over three and a half million couples. And I'm not, I'm for every, all the help you want to try. But I just thought, man, if, if relating to another human being could be taken care of in a weekend, I am for it. I mean, you know what? I am so committed, I would take two weekends. <laughs> and maybe three. The problem I have is I just don't believe in it. You know what I believe in? I believe that the Spirit of God wants to conduct us on our particular journey through places where we have to put our foot down and walk through what He puts on our plate Saying, God, please, <laughs> please, I need more than an encounter. 
I need a love relationship with you of a magnitude that causes me to walk in newness of life. What comes out of me is not the same old. <clears throat> Enoch is a wonderful example in the Bible. And it says, all the days of Enoch, you don't have to turn here, it's in Genesis 5, were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. And then it says, by faith, Enoch was translated in, in Hebrews 11, that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. <clears throat> and I thought, in, in um, contrast to a, a weekend of marriage encounter, this, the life of Enoch for 365 years... <laughs> And I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not big into types and shadows and numerology, but 365 is every day of the year. Enoch walked with God every day. And I'm going to tell you something. If you, if you set your heart every single day to walk with him, there'll be some days that you are thankful that they are over because you didn't do a good job. But do you realize that every day you get up and you say, Lord, I'm here again to walk with you. And if I don't walk with you, Lord, I'm going to be in trouble. And the testimony is, he walked by faith. He walked with God. And let me just say, that is, must be primary above everything else that happens here. It must be primary. It must, when you're looking at contracts, it must be primary. When you're on childcare, it must be primary. When you're making dinner, it must be primary. All, every place where we put our hands, it must be primary. Am I walking with you, Lord? Am I putting my foot down on some new turf that you want me to experience? <laughs> Three six five. That was Enoch's testimony. <clears throat> so, is it, I guess there's a scripture I want to read in Hosea. Before we go to Hosea, um, I want to look at uh, uh, the trouble with the devil. I mean, he had problems. He had, he had problems. Do you realize? I don't think you should pray for him, but he had problems. And this was his problem in Isaiah 14. Now, you know, God, brother, buddy used to preach that God needed deceivers, so he came up with the devil, which I think that's true. Uh, but it says right here, um, it's talking about the devil. I mean, it, does, it says um, the king of Babylon. <clears throat> um, but it's verse, and then it starts, it switches. 
Verse 13, it says, or 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, the son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you said in your heart, and this is where, this is really why it is so important to be honest with God. So that we can, and you know, it's not always easy to come to honesty about yourself. The Spirit has got to help you there, right? Um, because, well, Jeremiah was honest about himself, right? He said, I can't speak, I can't do this. And what did God say? Don't say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Quit saying that. It's not true. And he was just being honest. I'm not talking about that. I just, allowing the Spirit to, but it says here, uh, you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the side of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. See, his problem was not that unique. I know he gets a lot of press, right? He's a roaring lion that's seeking whom he may devour. And please do not, he is on a leash. He can't devour. <laughs> You've got to walk into his mouth. And I've done it. I mean, that's, that's I, I didn't read that in a book. His problem was, I will. And James, if you flip over there, James is ruthless. I don't know if you know that. James, I don't know who he was, but, I mean, I know who he was, but I'm, I, don't, I don't know him personally. I'm just saying, his writings were like, oh, he said, I'm going to read it because you'll just really be excited by it. Yeah, I know, I know. He says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he'll lift you up. Okay? And then he goes on, he says, Go to now, which has always been amusing to me. Ye that say, today or tomorrow, will go into such a city. And this sounds like some of the meetings we sit in. No, it really does. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I mean, not your meetings. I mean my meetings. I mean things that come out of my mouth. I'll tell you what we need to do. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to go to such a city, maybe Fairbanks. It doesn't say Fairbanks in the Bible, but. And continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. And James says, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. What is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. You see, God does not exalt the natural life like humanity does. He's, and I know he's God and he, he kind of has a little better perspective on things than I do, right? He doesn't, he doesn't look at this natural life in the same way. He doesn't look at uh, our time on this earth in the same way. It's a testing ground in God's eyes. That's what it is. It's not a place to exalt. It's a testing ground. And I'm, I'm thankful for God's provision. He, he makes a wonderful provision, but it's a little scary that he made a provision for 40 years in the wilderness to the children of Israel. And afterwards, they were destroyed out there because they never actually came into the, the genuine purpose of God, right? So anyway, but James, he says, 
Verse 15. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. God help that. I mean, you, you can come up with your own words by the Spirit, but that needs to be somewhere here where that's what comes out of us. Hey, if the Lord will, we will do. Because we're a room full of doers. But if the Lord will, we will do this or that. God help us. Because Satan's trouble was just that. I will. Okay. I was going some... Oh, um, Hosea, right? Hosea 14. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. I think I said this the other day that um, well it says I taught Ephraim this is you don't have to necessarily this is 11 I'm going to read 14 but I taught Ephraim also to go that means to walk taking them by their arms and they knew not that I healed them you know I thought boy is that an important line that God's covering the whole waterfront for us by teaching us to walk with him sometimes we focus in on getting our healing any kind and the truth is it's part of the package in in our walk and it says um, anyway it says verse 7 and my people are bent to backsliding from me though they called them Though they were called to the Most High. Right? That's verse 7 of chapter 11. I'm going to go to 14 in a second. You see, you and I have been called to Him. I thought, all the, I wrote this down because it, 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 I was struck with it, that all the impasses that I find in my, my humanity are, are designed for us to find a deeper root and a greater enlargement of the influence of the Spirit over us. That's what the impasses are for. Yeah. To, for us to find new ground to stand on, deeper roots to, to, to grow with. Um, all the impasses that come our way, they're for that reason. Because you and I have been called of God to come close to Him. Um, and it says... Um, Though they, they were called to the Most High, uh, none at all would exalt him. So then, it go, then he goes on. So that, this is what I, I, I think I want to close with this in Hosea 14. And that is, O Israel, return unto the Lord your God. For you've fallen by your iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously so we'll render the calves of our lips. Um, anyway, I'm not going to read anymore. But when it says take with you words, that I looked up the word words because I said, okay, words are cheap. But 
It's not just words. It is words. It's speeches. It's words. It's, it, you can look it up yourself in the Strongs. It's matters. It's causes. It's business. It's cares. It's communications. It's concerns. It's counsels. It's deeds. It's actions. It's hurts. It's judgments. It's reasons. It's requests. It's thoughts. It's environments. It's all your works. Get it all there. Lord, I'm coming back to you, and this is what's going on. This is what's going on, Lord. And you have made a provision of authority for me to abide under in order to have a new life come into being. And there seems to be some impasses that are coming for it to come into being. God, can I talk to you about this? Can I tell you about this? And I can't fix it. And I'd like to fix it. And I've, it's been worse than not fixing. I've contributed to the difficulty. Yeah. Right. I've been a contributor. Don't you hate you repeat the lines of the serpent? Sometimes. Whoosh, slides right up. I, I got to tell you. There is, I need more of the influence of God on a daily basis. That's what I have to have. I need more influence of His Spirit affecting me, stopping me. Showing me, son. Um... I got a course for you to walk. And it's called newness of life. And I know he uses oldness of life to provoke us. And I know that I've gone down more times than I want to count in certain places. But God help us to get up and say, Lord, I'm bringing to you what's going on. It says, trust in the Lord at all times and pour out your heart before him. That is what's primary for us. That is what is primary. Lord, I need to find this abiding place because I, I don't just need healing. <laughs> I do. I need, I need a whole new man. I don't just need a, an encounter, an encounter weekend. I need a whole new man. Enoch's standard was 365. That's what I need. That kind of conducting myself with the Spirit of God. So God help us. I, I, uh, I only use like two of ten pages. It, it takes me... 10 pages to maybe get, you know, two, so. Um, but God help us to conduct ourselves. I know we've been bent to backsliding. That's not news. But can I tell you what is the greater news? That as many as received him, to them gave he a place to abide under authority, to actually come into being 
his sons. So God help us that we don't retreat from that, regardless of what your day walking was like. Just think of Enoch for a second. Three, six, five. I got another day. Get up and say, Lord, here I am again. I'm returning to you. Amen. The, uh, the cemented aspect of our uh, love of the world. You can't break up the relationship unless you want to. It won't be broken up because it's like uh, it's so infused in us. And this is our environment. This is where we are. And to, to look at the lust of the flesh, and we've all been there, and the lust of the eyes. I remember even a, a young guy went into this old place and they had all these um, National Geographics. I think I spent three hours just looking at National, the pictures in National Ge Geographics, natives, all this stuff. And then the pride of my life, the pride of your life, it won't, you won't dispense with it. You won't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it unless I say, God, I'm stuck and I need help. And I think, and David mentioned this and, and what, a, what a bankruptcy for us to walk out of here tonight and, and, and say, yeah, um, I don't have the love of God. I'm more in love here. And I've done that. I've been convicted even just uh, when somebody else is scrolling. But can you, can you say you're, you won't be changed unless you ask God to change you? Unless you say, as David had said, I know you heard it and I'm, I'm not... I don't want to treat you like you're idiots, but I was sitting here in my own, I, one of my favorite passages, and you guys have heard me read it, I know you have. And I'm going to read it again. But I thought, you know, I don't believe that. And I've been preaching it. I don't, I don't really, my, my connectivity is so intermittent, it's like the weather on this one. And I'm talking about constancy, because we heard about that, and that's where I've been. I've been talking. I had some real good scripture on that. You know? But unless God is fully employed, we'll stay the way we are. We thank you, David, for reminding, because I've been on that one, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the bride of life. And that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing servant, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall say the dragon that is in the sea, the sea of humanity. That's going to be over. That's good. And hear this. And that day, and, and we're in that day, sing ye unto her a vineyard of red wine. And here it is, here's what, dear God, I the Lord do keep it. I will water it every 
moment. Those of you who write songs, write a song about that. Because he's taken care of your children. For the time those babies were just uh, beginning to form in the womb, he looked after it. Helped your sons and your daughters grow. Every breath you take. You know, at 88, I go up and I, I sound like um, an old whistler when I get to the end of the stairs. And I don't know, you know. <laughs> and I, I just, someone said, You're, are, are you wheezing? Yeah, I've been wheezing. Uh, and because this body is going, you know. We only have a parenthesis here to do this thing. But every moment, God has taken care of you. Take that home tonight. Could we, uh, would you go to the piano and as we dismiss, let's sing that, uh, what a faithful God, while you're sitting. Would you go and do that for us? I love that song. Gabriel, get up here and you can pray and close for us. Every minute, the constancy of God we need to connect to that so we're sensitive of it. And, and don't go out and try it unless God makes it real to you, because otherwise you'll end up a religious spirit trying to con convict everybody who's not there. You know, Just take care of you. I've got a full-time job right here. God help us. Lead, lead us in. Sing the chorus. What a faithful God have I.